Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. For some football talk. This is from Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard and the coach Al Gross. We'll tackle the personal and unheard stories of the players, coaches, and fans. And we'll score with the stories and headlines from this week in college and pro football. Now, here's the coach Al Gross with Derek Kennard. And welcome to the show from Under the Helmet. This is our post-Super game, Super Bowl game episode. And, man, DK, we had a Super Bowl that, to remember. It went down to the wire. Going into final analysis, the Green Bay Packers are the number one team in the NFL for 2011. And what's your take on that? Well, the Green Bay Packers are – congratulations to the Green Bay Packers. They are the winners of the Super Bowl 45. And they they, they did an awesome job with, with this one and died. Uh, I enjoyed the game and enjoyed watching the game. It was a fantastic game. I was uh, really, really pleased with uh, with the selection of uh, Rodgers being the MVP. And, you know, I was uh, somewhat disappointed with the Pittsburgh Steelers on how they didn't uh, uh, they didn't do the things that they they they've done all year long. What got them there and uh, which is one. uh, not turn the ball over. They turned the ball over three times, and then uh, of course um, that old running game. You know they uh, they ran the ball, ran the ball effectively, and uh, <clears throat> but uh, you know those darn turnovers keep coming back to haunt you when you turn the ball over at this late in the season and 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 in the big game you're gonna <laughs> you can't you can't give them your cookies when you when you're down in there and uh you're trying to get the, get a score that's right and you know the thing that i thought that was the advantage for the pittsburgh steelers was one i thought that uh they had been there before and i thought the experience factor would be play a play a part and also the running game would play a part and then the coaching experience and it looked like from watching the game, from my point of view, it looks like the roles were reversed. It looked like this poise in the coaching. They were out, I think the Steelers were out coaching the first half. By the time they dialed it in, I think Dick LeBeau picked the wrong times to blitz at certain points. And Don Capers, let's give him a lot of credit for dialing up the blitzes with a team 
that was riddled with in, in injuries throughout the game and throughout the season. They continue to win six games, must-win games, starting back to two games back in the season. And they look like this team that had been there before. And the Steelers look like the team that had been the first time getting there. So, uh, interesting turn of events. And those turnovers, you know, you can't, like you say, you can't give the cookies away. You can't <laughs> well, you gotta, away. you you gotta take a good close look at uh, Palomalo. Uh, Palomalo just, uh, I think he was exposed. I saw him in coverage a few times. I think that is not his strength. His strength is mainly closer to the line of scrimmage. And, uh, man, uh, I'm not sure if I saw the flashes of Adrian Wilson. Uh, Adrian got burnt like that quite a bit, uh, quite a bit this past year, and he was out of position. Um, his strength is to- playing closer to the line of scrimmage. So is Palomaro. And they didn't what you know? What is well, this? Be, What's going on with these? You know, the, uh, Palomalo Troy. He's got a lot of interceptions over the season. He big game guy that shows up at the big game. He's either gonna he's either gonna hurt you uh, with the blitz or he's gonna hurt you with an interception. And he was burnt quite a few times, isolated this uh, this past game. And man, what did you see? I saw Palomalo exposed. Is he is he what he thought you were? You know, I, I'm going to say he's the defensive MVP, and I, I I didn't see him necessarily DK getting exposed as much as I did those cornerbacks. And if you look at the plays that really put the put the Steelers in in question, it was the slants to Jordy Nelson, and also the passes in the corner of the end zone to Greg Jennings that really were the big plays. And then you see where uh, you have to give the quarterback, uh, the coaching staff, and Aaron Rodgers a ton of credit because the passes that he completed on third down when they had to have him had great coverage and he put the ball precisely where it had to be for those guys. Now he said, you know, he was MVP. Now what about if he had got all, all those balls that were dropped you know, they dropped a lot of passes that he yeah. he should have had caught. But uh, as far as Palomalu, I don't think uh, – I think that they did a great job scouting third down and where he's going to be, and they worked away from him, put him in a situation where he had to cover instead of sitting there and roam and read the quarterback. He wasn't able to quite do that. And another thing, I think that it's the old Indianapolis Colts and the, uh, and the um, New England Patriots thing – once we get a lead on you, you have to abandon the type of ball you really want to play, and you get out of your game plan. And we saw the Steelers only run twenty, or maybe like fifteen or twenty times a game, and they threw the ball forty times, and that is not Pittsburgh Steeler football, especially when they were gashing the Green Bay Packers early on in the game with that running game. Well, you know, you're getting some things live from Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard and Coach Al Gross. But, you know, uh, well, from Under the Helmet, I'm telling you that I see teams that make sideline adjustments. I see teams that make their halftime adjustments. I didn't see the Pittsburgh Steelers make their, uh, uh, their halftime adjustments or their sideline adjustments to what they were bringing uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Now, you look at those things and, 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 and gather those things around and, 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 and figure out how in the heck 
can we expose Palomalo uh, and get him out of his element of blitzing us and put him in a position to cover? And man, they scorched him a couple of times. They called him naked and bare without a care, big fella, <laughs> and they got him. Huh? Now, you are you're a defensive back. You're a tall, rangy guy. You know, you you bring that range, and Palomaro's not as tall as you, but he has a great deal of range for uh, for for a guy of his uh, height and stature. So, but I look at you and I say, wow, you you can you know I know you as an athlete could cover, you can you can uh, you could cover as well as blitz, but Palomaro. He didn't do a good job of covering when he was asked to cover. He got scorched, big guy. Okay, you, man. Yeah, you they know, caught it like get, it is. You're going to get beat. Well, but you had those corners getting beat, too. And here's another thing that I think well, I that we had. Well, I think you still sugarcoating it, man. We, go, had two hours of, uh, we had two hours of halftime, it seemed like, for the Pittsburgh Steelers to take advantage of some of those Green Bay secondary uh, injuries. And I never saw them go after the replacement for for Charles Woodson. I never saw them go after uh, some of the injuries that had happened, you know, to the Packers back in the secondary. Yes. And I bring in the question the releasing of the the, the the Santonio Holmes. How much of a difference if you had had Mike Wallace, Heinz Ward, and Santonio Holmes and you hadn't gotten rid of him, uh, how much of a difference would he have made? Because we got to remember, in that last drive, he was the go-to guy for Roethlisberger who got him over the hump against the Cardinals because this game played out just like it did against the Cardinals except for in that two-minute drive when it was go-to time. Uh, we saw where they went to Mike Wallace. We saw you have Heinz Ward who's on the downhill side, but you saw a lot of inexperienced receivers that Ben Roethlisberger had to go to. And let's give credit to the coaching staff of the Green Bay Packers because they put together a tremendous game plan. And even with that long halftime, the Steeler brain trust never did uh, take advantage of what they could do to get back in the game. But let's give it, give it all credit to the National Football League for putting a good product out there again in the Super Bowl. It went down to the last two minutes, and pretty much, unless you're for the Steelers, uh, you really can't ask for much more of a Super Bowl than that. Well, you know, the Super Bowl as a whole, man, I thought I thought the halftime was way too long. And, you know, can you tell me anything about the halftime show? Yeah, I can. I mean, uh, they had uh, a, a tremendous halftime setup like the the NFL does. They borrowed from the NBA the halftime pageantry. They brought a thousand people around the stage. Uh, you had the Black Eyed Peas and Will I Am who put on a really good show. I thought, and I and I know I'm not really a much of a music fan uh, of the Black Eyed Peas until I heard the different songs. Oh yeah, they that they have come on. I said, hey, I didn't know they sung that. Yeah. I had to catch myself. I was up dancing a little bit. Watch with a yourself. Couple of themselves. Yeah, you know. Fix yourself you know, right we, now. You know. <laughs> you know bring some of that old East Side back to the. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that old. <laughs> that East Side boogie from. East Side Doctor Party. Oh, my and it goodness. Comes out a little bit. Wow. But it was a, it was a good halftime show. But as far as a player standpoint, 
Uh, you know, it was a lot of time. Thirty, you know, thirty plus minutes is a long time when your body cools down and you had to come back and get ready to go out for a second half. And uh, it was interesting to hear some of the the discussion about Charles Woodson when he found out his collarbone was broken. Yeah. And and just a hint, Jay Cutler, that's what you do. You take your shoulder pads and helmet off, and you take them off. You don't stand on the sideline suited wow. up when there's an injury, and then people know you're not coming back. But when you leave <laughs> question like that, but he said he, he got the x-ray, and he was very emotional. He and Donald Driver both were out of the game at that point, and they gave uh, some leadership. And which, what I always talk about is the veteran leadership in the okay. locker room that can get you over, and they had a lot of time to emotionally address the team, sort of like what Michael Irvin used to do when you guys were with the, with the Cowboys. Yeah, I copy that with a tic tac. That's all good, big fella. It's, uh, you know, because you, you, you capped it off with the with the Cowboys thing with with Michael Irvin and man, we got a lot to talk about on this show. And I know we uh, we're gonna uh, uh, come back in the next segment and talk about the, uh, the what was your favorite commercial and the, the I want to talk about who made the Hall of Fame and, and we got a lot of things to cover and and and, and we're gonna bring it right back after these messages, big fella. That's right. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Are you ready for an old school in your face discussion of professional college and high school football? Tune in for talk on a variety of football-related topics on the program From Under the Helmet with your hosts, Derek Gennard and the coach, Al Gross. You will hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and their weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. It's more than a sports show. Tune in every Friday for End of the Bench with Tony Bowie. Tony knows and does it all. Whether it's sports, business, or politics, the discussion all comes to focus in one place. You'll hear from the personalities as well as the everyday people, each bringing their own perspective to the discussion. This is a weekly forum that you'll want to be a part of. End of the Bench with Tony Bowie airs live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You 
are listening to From Under the Helmet with Derek Ennard and the coach, Al Gross. We want to hear from you now. Call in with your comments, questions, or whatever to 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or shoot us an email to dk7trey at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back from Under the Helmet with Derek Kadana, Coach Al Gross, and uh, please do call in at 888-346-9144. We are uh, taking some call-ins today. Coach, we have a – the national anthem is starting the game with Christina Aguilera. Man, she is one beautiful lady, but she missed an entire verse. You know, I've been doing this national anthem thing since I was just a little <laughs> waterhead boy out of Stockton, California. Conway Holmes! But, you know, she didn't get the lyrics right, and I knew it right off the bat. I was trying to... I, I was I was I was ashamed for her, and uh, uh, you know uh, it just amazes me that you know they 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 have a rehearsal when they do this stuff. They they do it at the both at the stadium and as well as offset, and uh, she just she just messed up in front of all them people. But I feel bad for the lady, but she is one awesome singer. The lady can sing her butt off, and I just hated that she messed up the, the lyrics of the national anthem, and you know that I, I'd i spend the weekend this weekend with the veterans out there at veteran stadiums uh, 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 volunteering to help out with my vets. Um, they they, they let us, uh, allow us to walk the land of the free, home of the brave. <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> so I went out to do that with my truth, but it, uh, that was all lovely. But she messed up on the lyrics. I feel bad for the lady. What are you? What's your take on that, man? It's, well, my take is this. But, when but you, you offended. Well, no, not really. Not really. Uh, but when you do take on the task of, 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 you know, it's going worldwide and you're really exemplifying the United States of America when they pick you to sing this. At least you can learn the lyrics of the word, you know, the words to the song so they can come off correctly. Uh, I give her, I give her credit. She is, a, you know, like you said, a great singer and she put a great ending on it. But for the person who is, uh, you know, I wouldn't give it I wasn't I wouldn't put her in the, the, the category with uh, some of the great uh, Carl Lewis <laughs> debacles or oh Roseanne Barr, but yeah. at the same time, you should be able to come up with the lyrics. But I did think that, uh, you know, the NFL did a good job with the lady who came on before her seeing God Bless America. She was also good. And, you know, DK, after all this time of playing and not being in the game, suiting up on Sundays, when I hear that national anthem and they send the ending part, the hair still stands up yeah. on my neck, and I'm yeah. ready to run down on a kick somewhere. Yeah, yeah, if do. I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm about ready to knock some, knock the snot out of somebody, <laughs> my dang self, right there, big fella. But you know, I, I can, um, I can excuse uh, Christina Aguilera with. Uh, because of her, her, her beauty, I mean her booty. I'm, I'm sorry, her there beauty. You go, man. Look at you, man. <laughs> because of that beauty, I I can excuse her because she, she, I'm blinded by it. I'm, I'm weak, folks. I'm weak, big fella. 
Well, you better get some legs and start getting <laughs> get some strength. <laughs> okay, but, let's move along, man. We oh, the the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, from the Super Bowl. Which one was your favorite commercial? Was the Dorito? I, I people tell me that the Doritos was their favorite one, and I have a problem with you, a with a grown man sticking his finger in my mouth and oh rolling it God. around and sucking and pulling on it. I got a problem with that, big fella. Another man. grown man putting his finger. My finger in his mouth and sucking on it. I got a problem, big fella. I don't play them games. <laughs> Let me tell you something about these commercials. Now, we're trying to get clever, and we're trying to get more and more cutting edge, so to speak. But this is just getting a little bit too It's getting ridiculous, some of the stuff we're coming. We're snatching people's pants off. We're licking on another man's fingers. We're doing some, some stuff with the graphics, knocking old people down and making that be funny. Let's come back to being a little more uh, creative and use uh, uh, some dialogue as far as the commercials. Whatever happened to my favorite of all time is the Coke guy going into the Pepsi uh, thing at the store and all the Pepsi falling out and he getting busted like that. See, we didn't have anything quite that that original, but right. you know, they're they're trying to make Good Morning America the next day. There, there's a whole segment on YouTube devoted to the best Super Bowl commercials and it's free advertisement if you hit the home run. But I really didn't see anything that really stood out in my mind as being the commercial of the year other than the disgusting factor of somebody sucking on another other man's fingers over some chips being going out of the bag. Boy, I'd have socked him if he did that. See, now I have a problem with that, too. I know that uh, uh, that is America's uh, number one commercial. I, I, I think it's the worst commercial in my eyes. Let's see what Mr. Darren Brown has to say about that. Darren, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How you doing, Mr. Brown? Uh, man, glad glad you was able to call in today, man. What, what's your take on the on the on the uh, commercials that that was played during the Super Bowl yesterday? Was was which one was your favorite? Uh, I would say the uh, I guess the babies the babies uh, that actually are the ones that uh, that actually does all the uh, little uh, funny noises and that sort. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one too. <clears throat> that one ranks up there with the, at the top with me, and I believe the Doritos rank right at the bottom for me. I don't. I, I got a problem. <laughs> I got a problem with another man sticking his finger and uh, me sticking his, my finger in another man's mouth, and he's sucking on it. You, you, I, is that something you entertain, big fella? Sounds <laughs> 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 like you questioning my man gender or something. Over here. <laughs> you t- tell me, tell me what. Let me. <laughs> you gonna answer that? <laughs> I guess I ain't got no choice, huh? Uh, well, well, definitely. Uh, uh, as as my man DK said, I mean, I, I, that's something that I definitely uh, have nothing to do with totally because I'm not in with the actually sucking another man's fingers either. You know, so <laughs> I, have to, I have to concur on that one. You know? Yeah. Hey, you know, I want to know this. This is my question. We got the Tostitos, Fiesta Bowl, Dorito. Is America eating that many Doritos chips, uh, tortilla chips, Mexican chips, that we can get that, that we got that that amount of advertising dollars going into football? Now, $3 million a commercial. 
That's a couple, couple, three or four commercials from Doritos and hosting the national championship game from Glendale here. That's an awful lot of Doritos that are people are eating around the country to get that kind of exposure. Mr. Brown, what's your take on that, man? You, you eating well, that? Well, many- I guess all comes down to is I guess the person got the deepest pockets, the one that really they'll get to advertise certain things and you know, that's of that nature. You know, uh, you talk about Doritos. I mean. I mean, that commercial had at least run probably about four or five million, you know, just just to make that one commercial. So, right, money, money talks, really. So, absolutely, man. You know, they 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 got us talking about the Doritos. They still got us talking about it. <laughs> you, you see what I mean? Get their accomplish their goal, you know. Absolutely, That's man. Right. Mr. Brown, did your team win yesterday? Did I know you a Philadelphia Eagle fan and. Michael Vick took it up up to six when he uh when they lost uh, earlier in the playoffs. But uh, did did the team that you chose for this uh, this Super Bowl did, did your team win? Uh, truthfully, I, I I didn't really have a team, so I was uh, I was on the fence on this one. You know, I mean, as you just said, spoke uh, very well. I mean, uh, I bought my I bought Michael Vick, so I mean, obviously you must be mad about. I guess uh, when the Eagles went down and beat beat the dog crap out of those Cowboys, <laughs> <laughs> you had to take it to that, huh? You, 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 you feel mad about that? Derek? Oh man, you, you you don't take the gloves off, big fella. Keep the <laughs> gloves <just> on. <laughs> Who you mad at, big fella? <laughs> no, we got to give uh, the we got to give the Packers a lot of credit for because they did beat a hot uh, Philadelphia team, and then they turned around and beat a uh, division opponent, Chicago. And, uh, you know, to get in the Super Bowl and beat a good Pittsburgh, good sound Pittsburgh team, uh, they definitely earned it. Uh, I just have to agree with that because, um, don't get me wrong, that's the only team that I was actually concerned about going into the playoffs, actually uh, having Green Bay as uh, playing the Eagles right off. I was like, man, if we can somehow get past these Green Bay Packers, I think we got, I, I like our chances, but. It didn't happen, so it is what it is. Yeah. Well, Mr. Brown, what was the turning point in this game that you thought that uh, Green Bay took control of this game? What uh, What was the turning point for you? Well, truth, yeah. What I uh, what my uh, what my views on the game is that uh, when I saw um, uh, the Steelers actually had all the momentum going into the second half by them coming out and scoring that last touchdown before halftime. Right. And then they came out and they came down and scored another touchdown. I said, wow, okay. So, But when they actually held them, I think, uh, if I recall right, I think he threw, uh, I think uh, uh, the quarterback for the Steelers threw an interception. I think that was a turning point right there when they were getting ready to score, I'm thinking. Yeah, and, I, and for me, DK, I think it was that fumble because they had momentum, and then when uh, Mashard Mendenhall fumbled, and then Green Bay went down and scored. Uh, it, it, that kind of changed the complexion of the game. It kind of took the Steeler momentum and put them, right. put the Packers back on when they went ahead and capitalized on that. See, right. that was the key. And then we get down to the point where they get it down to three. Sure. And then the Packers move right back down the field, and that's championship stuff. When you get within Absolutely. three points Absolutely. and it's time to tighten up, that's when a lot of teams tighten up. 
Right, and right. they went down and got that extra three and made them have to score a touchdown. That was that was big. Wow. Well, one more question, Mr. Brown. We had the uh, Hall of Fame that um, uh, we're going myself and and Coach Al going to talk about it uh, during the next segment. But uh, was somebody snubbed in the HOF Hall of Fame that you thought would make it, such as a, a Andre Reeds out of the Buffalo Bills? Was somebody snubbed that you thought should have made it? I mean, uh, truthfully, I mean, uh, I, I haven't really, really followed that DK, so it's pretty hard for me to actually elaborate on that, you know. So, okay. I mean. That's fine. Yeah, we did have, you know, we had 50, for one thing that they were talking about, there was 15 finalists uh that came okay. down, and any one of them uh, is or worthy of it. You got Chris Carter. You got, you know, you got uh, a lot of people who are who are not selected. But there's only so many that can get in. So you know, every year you're going to have one or two. But for this year, I think there have maybe been four or five guys that probably could have gotten in, and they will get in. Uh, it just happened to be a loaded field the last couple years of of household names and guys who. Who've put together some great statistics and great careers, and it's going to be you know it's it's going to continue to be tough just to to make that uh, finalist list, but then to actually get in with the old timers and the other people that they do induct in, uh, it's going to be tough. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks for calling, uh, Mr. Brown. I appreciate it, big fella, and uh, I'll see you soon. No problem. Okay, thanks for the uh, thanks for uh, I guess. Uh, Thanks for calling. Give me this opportunity. Thanks for the call. Hey, you're welcome, man. Have a good one. Very well. Take care. All right. Well, we'll be back after these messages, and we're going to be back with some HOF. Talk about that Hall of Fame, baby. Yes, sir. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Are you ready for an old-school, in-your-face discussion of professional college and high school football? Tune in for talk on a variety of football-related topics on the program From Under the Helmet with your hosts, Derek Ennard and the coach, Al Gross. You will hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and their weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Don't miss the show that gives you exclusive access to your favorite pro athletes off the field and in our communities. Join host Nick Murphy for Heroes Radio. Hear it directly from the source as we take you behind the scenes with your favorite stars. It's sports, community, entertainment, and fun. And it's all part of Heroes Radio. Tune in Friday afternoons at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, only on the Voice America Sports Channel. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. 
Voice America Sports. You are listening to From Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard and the coach, Al Gross. We want to hear from you now. Call in with your comments, questions, or whatever to 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or shoot us an email to dk7trey at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. And we're back with from under the helmet with the coach Al Gross and Derek Kennard, and we're talking about right now some of the Hall of Fame selections of 2011, which were announced at the Super Bowl yesterday. And one of the most prominent, and I would say one of the guys who have made a big impact on defensive backs around the league. You see him putting their head behind, high-stepping, is Deion Sanders. And Deion Sanders uh, is a first-ballot Hall of Famer, DK. I don't think anybody can really argue with uh, with his uh, Super Bowl rings at the Dallas Cowboys, the Super Bowl rings with the San Francisco 49ers, and one of the few guys to win a World Series title and a Super Bowl title in the same season, which a lot of people don't remember that. Yeah, Deion Sanders is definitely deserving of the uh, Hall of Fame, and <clears throat> I, I, I truly believe Richard Dent is, is as well. But um, I, I know there are some guys that have been snubbed in, uh, in, uh, with the HOF, and, you know, I, I, I question that. Why, you know, what, what are the qualifications? What do we need to have happen to get a, what, a guy like Andre Reed's in there? What do we have to do to get, uh, a guy like uh, uh, what's the what's the the, the Chris Carter? We got Chris, Chris Carter, Carter of the know, Vikings. Yeah, uh, guys like that are deserving as well. So you know they 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 have to find. I would like to know more about the criteria that uh, they're using to bring guys into the HOF and um, what what is it? What are the things that they have to do? Is it the Pro Bowl? Is it is, is you know what is it that they're using to qualify some of these guys to get in there because they're snubbing quite a few of them and, uh, and even plugging them with some journalists uh, that are, you know, film guys like Sable. You know, Sable, he's, um, you know, he's yeah. in the inside the NFL for uh, for forever, it seems which like is, to me. Which is which has really made, uh, made the NFL part of what it is because when you look at all the other leagues, and one thing about football is you get so many different shots, and then you people love to hear the sideline talk. You hear the gruntings and groans uh, and, and things like of that nature that make fans able to get in tune with the game. I think that's, that's, that's been an outstanding feature that's been added to our game. I know something I look forward to, uh, miking up some of the players. Uh, and the Sables were the guys who got that contract way back when – when Pete Rosell first took it over, they had the first Super Bowl shots of Super Bowl One when there was like seventy-five people in the stands and I, I, I NFL agree with films you. made it I what it is. I agree with you to an extent, Coach. But and, and yes, yeah, Sable Sable did help bring the popularity to, to the NFL as it is. But that's a slot that could have been utilized to bring an Andre Reid or somebody in there to 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 be a Hall of Famer, opposed to this uh, a, a journalist. That has done a really ex- uh, he done an ex- exquisite job, or he should have 
uh, at least extended an, an and, extra sto- a slot for a guy. And see, that's part of the thing that has uh, some of the me- some of the media picks that part of it. But then right. we got you know we got some of the players picking some of the other stuff. You know, the media picks all the Hall of Famers, but the the All Star ballot in the Pro Bowl it gets voted on by the players. Right. Let's, we have a call of Mike Michael Bankston's uh, from the former formerly from the Cardinals is Big is, Bank. Is, how you doing, big guy? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. How you guys doing? Awesome, possum. Doing We're trying to get your take on uh, what is your take on uh, who was selected on the Hall of Fame with Deion Sanders and who was snubbed in your in your opinion, Mr. Bankston? Uh, you know what? I uh, I think Tim Brown uh, should have been able to get voted in there. I think he got. Oh yeah, that's a that's a. I agree with uh, that. You know, and amongst other players, I mean. It becomes it's still a popular to come uh, contest uh, uh, with the Hall of Fame voting. Um, you know, guys are in there just because of who they were, and I mean, not that they're undeserving. Don't get me wrong, because I'm happy for anybody that goes into the Hall of Fame, and I think at some point in time we all should be in the Hall of Fame. We played and we did our blood, we laid blood, sweat, and tears on the line. Uh, for these teams, and I think we all Hall of Famers in some right. You, I, I totally agree with you on that, Michael. Man, but you know, you got guys like Art Monk. How can Art Monk not be in the Hall of Fame? I think Art Monk did go in. Did a he couple, go in? He finally went in. But you know, here's the thing, DK. We've only got so many slots. We can't allow thirty people to go in in one year. And it's just like the draft. If you happen to be in a in a time where it's loaded, you're going to get pushed back. And that's why you have three or four choices. Because Tim Brown, I would have picked Tim Brown over Shannon Sharp, but because Shannon Sharp is is been on CBS or Fox or whatever it is that he's on on the morning ESPN, pregame show, right. and, and a lot of these guys get these TV jobs. I think that was a deciding factor with the writers as opposed to Tim Brown going not going in this year and 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 Shannon Sharp going in. Right, right. It, I, I, it, I agree with that too because it was, that's what I meant by the popularity aspect of it. Uh, you know, he is on that show uh, with Phil Sims and him. So, you know, his name is, is always out there because he's yeah. been doing that show ever since he's been out of the league. Right. So, you know, that gives him the opportunity to look one up on some players that are not individual in the spotlight anymore. And another thing that they were talking about on another show is Super Bowl championships. When you get that ring, that has a lot to do with you going over. Also, you yes, being shown off in history as holding up that trophy. That right. has a lot to do with it. it also, has a big, it has a big impact on that. Hey, Michael Bankston, how did, uh, did the game turn out the way you wanted to turn out with the Green Bay Packers taking the lead and, and winning the Super Bowl, or did you want Pittsburgh to do the thing with this uh, with the uh, with the Super Bowl? Uh, you know what? I was going for Pittsburgh due to the fact Dick LeBeau was my D coordinator as well as my head coach when I was in Cincinnati. And that was the reason I was going for Pittsburgh. But I knew Green Bay was gelling on all cylinders going into the playoffs. Uh, they were, they peaked at the right time. And, uh, with Aaron Rodgers playing like he is, defense was playing with Clay Matthews and Charles Wilson, and, you know, and their special teams were playing good. So it was just a, Idea they were hitting on all three phases when they went in there, so that's why they had they were favored by a few points. And I mean, Pittsburgh still had their chance right at the end to uh, win the game, but it didn't happen, you know. So I'm happy for uh, the Green Bay Packers. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is, is under the out from under the spotlight of Brett Favre now. Right, and he took the right. Green Bay Packers to the Super Bowl and won. 
That's awesome, man. Hey, man, what's your take on this uh, this uh, this collective bargaining agreement that's going to occur uh, here? Uh, we may have a lockout coming in next month. What is your take on what is it that we're going to have to get done in order <clears throat> for us to have a draft, one, two, if we want to have the combine? What does this do to the players that's maybe coming into the league? And uh, are we just going to have a total lockout freeze when it comes to, down to everything next month? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everything is going to be postponed due to the lockout. Now, you're hoping that something is being placed because you should hate to lose the morale of how the NFL has grown so much now, and it's America's game now. Yes, um, it is. You know, it's out doing basketball and out there baseball a long time ago, and so you don't want to lose that. Hopefully something will be in place, but no, right now, honestly speaking, it is headed towards a lockout. Uh, and then you thinking about training camp is right around the corner, right? Uh, and if they don't have anything going, on, uh, you, you, you're looking for an ugly situation. You're gonna lose some of the fan base, uh, so it's gonna really hurt the league. But you got at the same time when you go collect the bargaining agreement uh, and force negotiation, it should be looking for the benefits of the players that came before them, and that's one of the reasons why uh, insurance they're gonna do long term health insurance for us now. Which is a blessing. Yes, but it is. Criteria that's going to uh, insinuate one player getting this versus another player. Right. Yeah. You know, I was doing some research on that today, and there and, and there's some statistics out there that show how much the NFL has impacted fans, and they got a nine million dollar. Uh, uh, revenue sharing that's going on every year, that's going up. And then we have also people willing to spend, as we saw with these the problems with the seating, people willing to spend $3,000 for temporary seats to come to a Super Bowl. The record TV uh, audience this year, which makes the ratings go up, which makes the revenue go up, which makes all the profit sharing go up. And when you're in a partnership in an industry that's making that amount of money, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot if you can't agree on something in time for a a, a, and a resolution. So I'm hoping that uh, they're going to start looking at this thing in a logical, uh, from a logical standpoint, Mike and DK, and say, look, we're going to hurt ourselves more than we're going to help ourselves if we don't get this thing together. And it is things that they can come up with. If they just put the pride aside and just say, okay, let's live with this and let's move forward in the best interest of the game. I, I, you know, uh, what you call has said, Troy Hankman said he disagreed with the 18-game season. And, I, I mean, I do, too. I, I do, mean, too, as a player. My body's only going to take so much, and I think that's just going to wear down players. Because if you look at 18 games, you're looking at guys that, that have to be starters for those 18 games, usually during the preseason Quarter where the starters play 15 games, 15 plays. Second game, they play two quarters. Third game, I mean, they play two quarters, one and a half. So fourth game, they back back them off to uh, uh, 15 play series, which which basically the, the players only going to play really maybe a game and a half. Right. Well, if they're going to go with an 18 game schedule, which, which the league is hell bent on doing, is an 18 game schedule. That's something that's, that's, that's non negotiable right now in, in their eyes that, that we're going into an 18 game schedule. But from our side of the table, we're going to have to ask for a larger roster. For instead of it being a 53 man roster, we may have to go with a 63 man roster just so we're able to have enough men 
in to play on Sundays. And we already have a we already have a hard time fielding thirty two good quarterbacks for each and every team. True. So you take a couple, three or four injuries uh, of, of of key quarterbacks, and you're going to have a watered down uh, uh, league with uh, you know not very good quarterback play. And we see what happens. Like we got the home team here of the Cardinals. When you don't have a good quarterback, your whole team is handcuffed. And I agree with that. I mean, that is so true. I, I agree if they would go to 18-game season, yeah, I increase the number of players. They have to. Uh, they would increase have to. The, uh, also the revenue sharing, too, because one of the reasons they're talking about, you know, the, the people are paying the same amount for preseason games and not getting, the, I guess, the quality of the players at that time. And, it, uh, and, and that's one of the reasons they want to go to their 18-game schedule. Also, uh, the TV networks will be able to uh, go into those two more games instead of uh, those two preseason games that go to the local TV stations. And, and that's true. Like I said, it's going to benefit the pockets of the owners uh, as right. well as the TV, too. Absolutely. Uh, and then you also got to realize that the, the, for the TV deal – they are guaranteed for the next two years, regardless if they got a product on the field or not. Right, right. They already they already got their money, Mike. Hey, Mike, we got to break. Well, go pay some bills, but I tell you what, man. Thank you for for joining us on the show, and I appreciate you calling in, Big Bank. Thank, thank you, you, Big you, sir. Bank. We love you, man. All right, fellas. Y'all take care. Y'all be blessed. All right, man. Well, we'll be back after these messages. We're going to get into the NFL talking about that CBA. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports entrepreneurial insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership presented by sunbelt business brokers the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world entrepreneurial insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners if you own or want to own a small business listen for entrepreneurial insights with john davies pino boccinello and matt ottaway fridays at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america business channel are you ready for an old school in your face discussion of professional college and high school football tune in for talk on a variety of football related topics on the program from under the helmet with your hosts Derek Ennard and the coach Al Gross you'll hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and their weekly guests that are personal and provocative from under the helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5pm Pacific 8pm Eastern on the voice of America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You 
are listening to From Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard and the coach, Al Gross. We want to hear from you now. Call in with your comments, questions, or whatever to 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or shoot us an email to dk7trey at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome to From Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard and the coach Al Gross. And we talking, we were talking about the uh, CBA uh, with our friend Mike Bankston calling in. And if we do have a lockout, and we, we're we're going to look at it from the 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 cup half full, that we, we cooler heads will prevail, and Demari Smith and Roger Goodell and the ownership can pull together. And I'm predicting after maybe a two or three weeks period after the the, the collective bargaining agreement ends on March 1st that there will be something in in place by that because if we don't we're looking at the draft and free agency and the scouting and the and the whole thing with the organized activities all that being pushed back and scrunched into a small period of time and I don't think DK this league can function on a on a on a on a basis of uh, with 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 competency by making transition signing free agents rookies and the whole bit in a two or three week period. What's your take? Well, on that? you know it's going to it's going to be tough. Um, you know the the impact of uh, not having <clears throat> a collective bargaining agreement, a CBA in place, it puts a hamper on the 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 the. the the draft process. The draft process is uh, is done this way in the NFL to evaluate talent. They have a what we call a uh, NFL combine, where we have all the top guys around uh, in from collegiate football to come in, and they they are asked to come do agility drills, strength and conditioning tests. Uh, as well as a physical, in-depth physical. This is where we find out that guys got heart murmurs or, or something broken or wrong with their bodies. Hey, this is a process that the NFL has been doing for years and years, and it's been a really good one. But this all may go to the wayside if we have a lockout at the beginning of March. This will, We will not have a, a what we call an NFL combine. No, no, DK, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I hate to say it, but we will have the combine because the combines will be able, they start on February 24th and they go up until the thing. What we won't have is we won't have a draft. We no. won't have a draft. So then, then what do we do? Well, see now, now that stops everything. If we have a work stoppage and we have a lockout, it's not all the all that stuff goes to the wayside, and we have what we call a mock draft that will take place, but it's not, it's not going to be an actual draft. And so, say for instance, we do have the draft. We 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 put together a draft of hypothetically where people go, or we let's even let's even say that we we get some drafts. We can't sign anybody until that CBA is in place. So that is correct. Now we got a salary cap or we don't have a salary cap whichever the the, the league chooses and i'm going to say that they're going to have to have a salary cap because both sides really do want that we don't want uh necessarily rookies coming in being the top paid players in the league so if we have a rookie salary cap who's to say these rookies won't won't hold out and then you're you know you don't have a bunch of guys signed and then you got to turn around at the same time 
and sign a, a veteran quarterback from another team, a free agent. What do you do as a GM? Say you're the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. You got to get a, a veteran quarterback. You got to draft. You got to. You got all these things you got to do to put your team in contention to be successful. And you got a window of like a month to do it. Yeah, it really puts a strain on on, on the entire organization from the GM all the way down to the coaches, down to the players and the, the trainers as, as well. Because you you you, you know. It's a shame that it's come down to this. They've had a long time to get this thing and this thing done, and they have not come to the bargaining table with anything that is uh, uh, pliable to work with as far as the player standpoint. Now they're asking for an 18-game schedule. There's a problem there. Now going into um, going into uh, talking about the the collegiate players coming into the league. Now they don't have their their things lined up with they with these young men to to get the talent evaluate it and look at a guy and to see if he got the good feet. And You say they're going to have to come by. Now. They are. They yeah. are. Okay, okay. They, well, it, fits, it, fits it fits in before the before the collective bargaining agreement runs out. The combines are scheduled. Okay. From okay. February 24th to the first, first, maybe we might be without maybe a week or two. Of okay. Maybe the, but the Indianapolis combine, which is the number one, will go on and they will be evaluating players at that particular one. Well, you know, uh, Roger Goodell really thinks that he, they can get something done, but right now we're so far apart on some things such as such as that 18-game schedule and the salary cap as well as uh, revenue sharing. Uh, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. You've got billionaires fighting millionaires. <laughs> it's oh, a, boy. It's a, what a mess. And you think it's bad over here. It's bad with the NBA as well because they're having some problems as well with the NBA with, with their collective bargaining agreement. And as you look at things as uh, as forecasting for the the fall of 2011 we may be without an NFL season and an NBA season no, they, are you are you kidding me no i i think those days of uh holding out and holding the leagues hostage um, going without games going well into the seasons losing a super bowl i think that the the, the the brain trust of these two organizations have come and evolved to a point where they know that to to take a big hit like that and to put the fans at at bay like that when your sports are continuing to grow you got to find a way to come in there and get some common ground in there and, and the greed has to be put aside to an extent and you got to partner up uh, you know that's one thing I will say about Gene Upshaw even though he did in my opinion sell out some of the retired players <laughs> is he did keep labor peace after that 87 strike and we did move from collective bargaining agreement to another collective bargaining agreement that was favorable somewhat towards the play, current players, but he did not take care of the retired players. But it's, right. it's going to be remain to be seen. A lot of things they will not let out in the public. They they show a little more gloom and doom than they normally <laughs> are just to just to put the pressure on the other side. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, we got about a less than 30 days uh, of, uh, of time left, and we'll see what happens. Well, you know, I, I'm glad you uh, you want to end this CBA talk about uh, not having an NFL or NBA season this coming fall. You you put a bright spot on a on a really dark yes, situation. I, pre- I, I very I appreciate that very much, Coach. And you know, as we're coming towards the end of this uh, show, it, boy, it's, it's time flies when you're having fun, don't it? It sure does. Well, you know, I enjoy it. 
I enjoy. I enjoy uh, uh, being here with you to, today. And uh, guess what? I want to talk about Hitman Sports. What's going on with Hitman Sports this month? I mean, you got a few big things going on this month, and <laughs> you know I'm ex- I'm I'm, si- I'm excited about it. Well, for Hitman Sports, we're doing the training. We're doing right now. We're doing combine training. So. Uh, we're over at, uh, you just go on to hitmansports.com and you'll get all the information you want. And DK, you were out with the veterans this year, this, uh, this past Saturday, uh, doing some work with, uh, tell us about that. Well, we were, we were out at the veterans stadium doing some things for, um, uh, with Mary's missions, as well as, as, uh, helping out. uh, I was volunteering for the helping veterans, uh, out over at the, uh, veterans stadium for the, uh, stand down that they were doing. It was a lot of, informational things that was available for the players uh i mean retired not players vets. the retired vets and mm-hmm. and just showing my appreciation to our to our retired vets and and i was shaking some hands and kissing some babies and and just having a good time uh, uh meeting some good people that that uh, got some big hearts uh that, that was there so um you know and, and i would like to say some things about pro Ed's performance go get your workout at pro Ed's performance check out pro performance.com and you have blueprint education we'll get your Get your uh, your education with your kids, whether it's online or our charter school location, as well as our alternative school. And uh, don't forget Mary's Missions, outpatient programs uh, there and uh, out in Mesa, Arizona. Check that out. Lady Ben, what we got next week, big fella? Because we don't have no games. This will be the first time we have no games, so we'll be bringing you the latest news of what's going on in the NFL and from around college football. And we'll be seeing you next week on From Under the Helmet. There you go. Thanks for joining us for From Under the Helmet. Derek Gennard and the Coach Al Gross will be back next Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel for another look at college and pro football from under the helmet. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.